Welcome to the School of Who podcast. I'm Carrie McManus, and with me is Paula Gade. We're both certified life and transition coaches, and we're the creators of School of Who. Join us for in-depth conversations about life, love, and fulfillment. This week, we are talking about motivation and really how to sustain it over time. I think that's, that's been a big topic. I know that's come up in a lot of my conversations, especially over the last year around how to remain motivated when folks are feeling so tired. I think there's just a fatigue going on. Yeah, absolutely. I think about the words ener- energy and vitality, and it seems to be uh, much more common in conversation about uh, trying to tap into that and finding motivation and and what now kind of uh, conversations. So it's it's been a bit about uh, finding source, I guess like where and how that looks like for each individual. When I think about motivation, I always want to get everyone into their internal source motivation, but uh, because ultimately that goes with us wherever we go. And and if we have control over anything, uh, that would be closest to the definition of what control might be look like. But then there's also external motivators too, which can be helpful but I would um, worry about relying on external motivators because they can be very temporary or fickle or unreliable or, or um, again, I don't, I need to find another word for control, but they're, they're out of our purview in a way. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of power in being able to respond. And we've talked about this in previous episodes, how responding is really one of the things that we do have control over in any situation. It's like, how do we respond to a particular situation and, and really coming from a place of groundedness around it, as opposed to being reactive So I know for a lot of folks um, that I've spoken with over the last year, year and a half, this has shown up in a variety of ways, but particularly in the work space, even working from home during the pandemic, you know, all the, the, the clients that I've worked with who have been working throughout have been very grateful to be working and, um, you know, certainly not taking their work for granted. I think just knowing like, okay, we're, we're in this and I'm grateful that I have a job and that I can do this from home. But the other side of it is um, I think now coming out of a, one phase of the pandemic, clearly we're not out of it yet, where a lot of folks are starting to look at, okay, where, where am I going with this? And in the workspace, I think a lot of people have had time, even though they've been grateful for the, the jobs that they've had during this time, maybe looking at whether or not it's really the right fit moving forward. 
Yeah, that's a big one that comes to us in coaching because we we meet clientele quite a bit when they're considering transitions and there's um, a pain point that they've done their their best to that point to work with and then are reaching out for support. And that's one of the things I, I think about um, in this whole conversation is the ability to reach out for support when when need be. But more importantly, if anything has greater value than something else is values itself, right? We talk about that as well. And uh, so really sounding like a broken record, but the, the importance of the clarity of recognizing one owns personal value set is, is really critical to understanding the drive because what we're really looking for is where where is our drive? Where where does it come from and how are we motivated? Which then brings in the why too. Yeah. Well, and and it's it's interesting. I think partly because people have been working from home. You know, I, I had a conversation the other day and it, and it was kind of like, okay, I don't have any more motivation for this. What do I do? How do I build motivation? Right. And that's such a good question because it's, it's not as if you don't want to have the motivation, but it's, it's like, okay, I have no idea where I'm getting it from at this point. So really starting to, to tap back into your value set, like you said, is so important to um, connecting in with what you're doing for work, even if it means recognizing that, okay, maybe this isn't where I'm going to stay, but I want to be in integrity with who I am and certainly in integrity with the agreement that I've made to be paid for this work that I'm doing and wanting to do it well. Right. So that accountability to um, obligations in which you've chosen to partake in and that there's, there's a point where we have low battery and even no battery. And so to recharge when uh, we are in a position that is somewhat restricted or we, we feel the, the parameter much closer to us and the, the perimeters, I should say, much closer to us, then yeah, having, having that position, it's like, you can't, um, you being integrity with your values to be able to be integrity with that for yourself, um, not disappointing yourself for not um, meeting that which you have committed to uh, can be, can do the opposite. It can, it can really demotivate even further. So it's a really tricky line when we get to that point of, low energetics and, and uh, in a place, well, I'm so glad she was able to, or she, he, your client was able to reach out to you for support because that's, as I mentioned earlier, critical um, ability to go outward when, when inward needs some support, that external uh, sourcing. Yeah. Well, I think we all experience that, right? It's kind of, when you think about, anything that you're doing that's new. So you step into um, a really excited space. So if it's a new job, 
maybe it's, it's like, wow, you know, okay, I'm excited about starting this new, you know, with this new opportunity, this new situation, new people, um, an opportunity to learn and grow in a space that I haven't had before. That's all exciting. And as you go, you, you're learning and growing, but there are certain shifts that can happen over time, depending on how long you're there and what that looks like. And certainly I think because we're in the space we are globally, a lot of people have had major shifts in their workspace. So not just working from home, but maybe losing coworkers along the way because the organization has had to downsize during the pandemic or they're restructuring during the pandemic. A lot of that's been happening. So to be able to look at where you are and then decide, okay, well, what, you know, where do my values still align with the organization that I might be working for? And they may or may not. Yeah. And I won't talk a lot about this, but it brings me back to kind of the principle of, of joining an organization and finding cultural fit and creating that win-win, a level leveling of employee employer relationship where it's um it's mutually uh helpful and meets everyone's needs and culture fit is a big part of that there's there's so many so do i go broad or do i go uh succinct here one thing i'm thinking about when i work in the corporate world is through the Harrison lens, the assessment that I utilize quite a bit that uses the concept of paradoxical pairs, seemingly contradictory traits that are necessary upon each other to create the, the bigger, healthier picture um, based on our preferences. And one of those paradoxes is motivation. So there's all kinds of different models here, but uh, motivation in the Harrison language would say that it's a it's a trick one because usually there's two traits but this one incorporates a, a couple within one so motivation alone the trait of motivation through this lens would say that it's it incorporates wanting a challenge so if you think about that there's a buy-in to what you're doing there's there's an acceptance that it's not too easy and not too hard, but something that challenges your existence to ignite something within, right? It also incorporates a trait that's um, called take initiative. So that's kind of what we're talking about in a, in a big portion of this. It's not everything, but in order to take initiative, you, you we're talking about that internal drive or that purpose or that um, that uh, that that battery pack that we we plug into in order to draw from and get going and not expecting it to come um, from somebody else to push us. In, in other words, where is that momentum coming from? And and the third part of that motivation trait is uh enthusiasm and enthusiasm refers to one's own personal goals being um, charging an individual 
So you could see how important it is that this uh, self-leadership component and clarity, actually, first the clarity, right? The knowing, the being connected to um, your own personal set of values and system, really. Are you, are you um, earthy, fiery? What, what's, what's kind of your makeup, which we've talked about a little bit before. Now, that's only one side of that paradox. The other side of that paradox is the management of stress mm-hmm. and <clears throat> how one is, is um, dealing with stress management. So is, is relaxed your norm or is the, the, the get going kind of vibe your norm and, and what does that look like? And it's gonna look like d- different things for, for, very, for different people. So if you think about that model and you were presented with what often people are found to be in either burnout, which can be and often is a reaction or response to a system of being that has worked, but not in a sustainable fashion, which is that... uh, that real uh, drive that pushes you forward without necessarily managing um, the world around you as it comes. So you're really being depleted of energy as you've been productive or engaged. So we're, we're talking about this sustainable part. How do you find a model for yourself that allows you to continue to be productive and engaged yet fill, fill your battery up? Yeah, and, and that that's such an important point to make because you know we're seeing so much, and this has been I've been saying this since I was a student because I've seen it, but in the U.S. culture, there's this pride around being busy, and um, you know I can't tell you how many times I've heard, oh yeah, I'm just grinding it out, or yep. Uh, more hustle, more hustle, more hustle. I'm more about, you know, more flow, less hustle. It doesn't mean that you're not going to hustle, right? So you're going to have those moments where you push through. You're going to have those moments where you, you know, use a vast amount of energy in a workspace to uh, complete a project, maybe with a team or individually, it, it might require that additional energy. And that's understandable. I'm not saying that we all just lay back and don't do anything. We're going to be using that energy in a productive way. However, you can't move through life in that way at 110% uh, with your, you know, your foot on the gas pedal the whole time. You're gonna run out of gas at some point and you need to stop and refill your tanks. And if you don't do that, then you're gonna be stopped on the road. So. (laughs) Which reminds me of a a beautiful, I wish I knew the person's name, but I saw a video recently, it's maybe two minutes and it's it's encouraging what many people are going through, as you mentioned before, taking that uh, rest stop off the road. That's right, yeah and re-engaging and, and uh, going, stepping back onto the road until the next rest stop. But he was referencing um, 
faith. It was really, it was really a, a m- emotional, motivating, um, we're all in this together kind of feeling that was pretty potent within like a minute of, of this. So I guess being validated that we're in a very unique time in the world and it is depleting it. It uses a lot more energy than we think to manage the versatility required to uh, move with the shifts and changes, the unknowings of uh, norms being um, reshaped and reformed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is, we're at a time in history where we're experiencing massive, massive change in humanity, right? This is massive change across the globe. And to be able to navigate those changes, you you need to make sure that you're in a space of um, refueling your tanks. Um, You know, we've talked about self-care. We actually talked about that in the last episode. And certainly that's part of refueling your tanks and maintaining that energy. But when you're, when you're in that space of just go, 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 and I think for a lot of people, especially if they were working from home or still are, the attachment, you know, the connectivity that you have for work is 24-7. And for a lot of people, that was true before the pandemic. Um, but really being in that space at home and having no division between home, which should be a place of respite and the office, which is the place of work, to be able to have some boundaries between the two so that you can make sure to implement those regenerative um, practices that you have in order to reconnect and then do the job successfully. And for a lot of folks, I think they've been kind of doing a dance and trying to figure out, well, what's the healthy, um, what is the healthy harmony of that combination? What's the balance of that for themselves and for everybody that does look a little different? Yeah. So if you're, if you're not motivated and, and, or maybe unhappy um, or seeing burnout um, or, or having a hard time seeing a return on your efforts. There's some sort of reward system that, that fuels us too in that way. And, and experiencing fatigue, you mentioned, you mentioned boundaries as being one component. And we do have a a podcast episode on that, I think early on as well. Mm -hmm. And the importance of, of creating that. It makes me think of the energy levels we spoke also uh, about earlier and how during that time, how easy it is to become angry with one situation and or feel at the effect of it and um, somewhat of a victim even, Mm -hmm. which is a mechanism of putting us in fight, flight, freeze mode physically, which is again, meant for that short-term response and not long-term. So then I think about the ability to reframe, 
right? As as coaches, we use this tool quite a bit. Is so what 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 is it that what are our thoughts, right? So we're we're recognizing the emotions and we're recognizing the the physical uh, response to that uh, steady stress. So where we recognize first sometimes is not our emotions and sometimes is the sickness in our body because we we've ignored the emotional component too long i in in not to not to make it sound like blame in any way but very human and and common and um understood so to get back to our belief set right so if we can't if one of the quickest, fastest ways to shift energy is to do that reframing component. So if somebody's in a, in a position where they, they can connect to something that's important to them, some pleasure, some gratitude, some joy, some uh, part of their value system, perhaps service to another, in a very simple way, it it can be, it can be unseen by others, uh, but just a reform of a thought that that shifts people forward. Yeah, yeah. It <laughs> this brings to mind, you know, there was a a time um, when you know when you're in that space of maybe being feeling disconnected to what you do. And, and it's like, I, I really don't care. Right. Um, I'm going to date myself here, but this, this always helped me. Um, the amazing Kevin Meany, who's a comedian and also a Broadway star, uh, used to do this whole song and dance joke where, um, he would, sing to the audience, I don't care, I don't care. You do not like my jokes, well, I don't care, I don't care, right? So I used to sing that when I was having those moments of, wow, I really just don't care. (laughs) And it would always make me laugh. It would also make other people around me laugh. Um, but, But really then, once you've moved past that moment to look at exactly what you were saying, to connect back in, to how, how do I re-engage in a way that feels meaningful to me? So making sure that you um, take, take the opportunities as they come. So yeah, if it's connecting in with your team or with the clients you're working with, or um, you know, if, if it's a coworker, just seeing like, okay, well, how, how can I help you today? What can I do to make, make things easier for you? Is there something that I'm doing in my work that could be of service to you and your work? Um, so those are small ways, it, like just taking it day by day or project by project, but breaking it down in bite-sized pieces to be able to move through the day and feel engaged in the work. Yeah, in, in that simple example, could be one that you haven't really changed anything that you do other than perhaps you were in that situation the day before and thinking this coworker is not um, toting their weight 
and I always have to step in and save the day. So if that thought processes shift into, I'm of service to the big picture, the whole project by assisting the weaknesses in this, um, this collaboration through my strengths, Mm-hmm. Then there's an ownership that shifts that energy into from that victim mode into that win-win um, type of energy that is no longer depleting, but is fulfilling. Yeah. And it's coming back to that, that idea of the mindful pause. So if you were to, in a moment where you were just feeling disconnected, to be able to close your eyes and take a couple of deep breaths and then think about, okay, what, what strength do I have that I can bring to this particular situation to help to resolve it? What do I know? What do I know my particular gifts are? What can I bring to the table? Right. And that's the self-awareness and self-clarity that's so important to us at School of Who to support for others because it has such a a impact on an individual self-leadership and therefore accountability to being human in the world and how that interacts uh, hopefully in a positive way. There's, now not to ignore how, how difficult the situations can be and that one might be finding that they're not even in the right place overall and that they're, they're choosing to be there for practical reasons, finances, et cetera, and, and just to bring food, food on the table. So again, uh, there's that component of being at the effect of or a victim of a circumstances and shifting it somehow to remembering um, every single choice that you made that got you there and honoring it in a way and continue to consider that as you make choices forward, knowing that you are a um, willing and active participant in your life. So it's that willingness that that shape shifts a bit. But I also want to talk about difficult conversations, that the, the ability to have an honest conversation with self. And that that ties into what I was just talking about, about um, that being in a circumstance that is not what one imagined. And often what you've done the best you can until that point and didn't have enough information to know what you were dealing with. And there's a lot of trust in, uh, in teams, in collaborating with others, in getting the work done that requires not just lip service, but follow-up, practical follow-up and clarity and uh, communication. And not, not, not everybody is capable of that. And there are quite a bit of toxic uh, environments that people are dealing with. So I don't wanna discount the reality of the difficulties that might be incurred in, in, in these circumstances. And with that said, I wanna make sure that um, we don't ignore the concept of reaching for support because sometimes it being in this place is really due to 
like chemical or hormonal changes and physical uh, components that require a doctor or maybe even a psychiatrist or a therapist. So and not not to discount that position of which we're, we're none of those, but to to talk about what what else might be in our purview to shape shift in and change so that we are in a better circumstance in a in a place to support more sustainable joy thriving vitality yeah yeah ultimately. i mean i think you know certainly if you're in a toxic work environment it can be very difficult to navigate those situations and certainly if you are experiencing um significant depression or or significant anxiety to make sure to to reach out for support and talk to a, a health professional who can help you navigate that successfully because um that that's important to be able to to get the support you need and if you're in that space of maybe you know you've you've been in a situation for a while whether it's toxic or not if it's a healthy environment even but perhaps um it's not the right fit for you anymore. So we see a lot of this, right? We don't, most people are not in the same job um, for 35 years and then retire. That's not something that happens much anymore. It's a once upon a time. Yeah, exactly. We're in a different, in a different space in life or in history these days. So to look at what your values are and what the values are of the company. And if your values have shifted or perhaps the organization isn't feeling like um, it's walking their own talk. So maybe the organization says it's about X, Y, and Z, and maybe that's not really what they're expressing, right? As a, as a whole, so you may find yourself in like, you're kind of on the road at this point with this, with this job and realizing, Hey, no, this is a, this isn't where I want to be anymore, but how do you engage as you're moving forward? So obviously if you're making that realization to make sure that, you know, if you're, if you know, it's time to jump to create a plan to jump and to, to continue to job search, do what you need to do in your spare time, you know, once you get home or once you finish work, if you are home and while you're in the workplace to really connect into your own values and strengths. Again, making sure that, you know, if it's a toxic work environment, it may be difficult to ask for help or support but if there are folks in your workplace that allow, you know, that would receive that information in a compassionate way to be able to reach out to them. And so it might be that, you know, you're tasked with maybe your organization has laid off a bunch of people. And instead of doing just your job, you're doing the work of three people. So to be able to talk to someone, whether it's your direct supervisor and if you don't feel comfortable doing that with your direct supervisor, perhaps it is someone in human resources 
or a team member to talk about what that looks like. And like I said, you know, everybody's been under a lot of stress and there's been a lot of shift. But if you've been doing that for a long time, you may be experiencing burnout. And if you're in that space, you're not going to be able to continue at that pace consistently. That's just not, you're not a robot, you're a human being. So to be able to reach out and ask for support and just say, you know, I am doing it in a positive way, which is I want to be able to maintain um, integrity with the work that I'm doing. And these, these deadlines are, are, I think, unrealistic, or perhaps the, de the deadlines would, would need to be shifted really to see the quality of work that I know I would like to be able to see accomplished. Yeah, you bring up some really good points. Um, and it, it has a lot to do with what is in your purview because we cannot, um, we, some, we can't change our outside environment, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it, it, everybody's life is they are accountable for. So when we're, when we're, when we talk about a healthy team, we talk first about trust and it's, it must be real trust, right? And, and if you're in a toxic environment and that really, it does not feel safe, um, it feels dangerous to advocate for self. That can be common, unfortunately, but also it can reduce on a low side and an individual's um, clarity of their personal capacity because it's, it's quite a challenge to have the courage and bravery to continue to maintain boundaries around one's personal values when the threat of their career or not their career necessarily, but their job um, feels imminent. So what to do under that? And there, there's, again, thinking about the healthy leadership style is to have that foundational trust and which encourages the the buy-in so that the collaboration is true and honest and whether whether uh, an individual's personal ideas and opinions and contributions aren't followed through on, they're definitely honored. And it's so much easier to be that team member when we know that, okay, there's a better idea out there and we as a unit are healthier for, for and more than because we collaborated in this. And even though it's not my personal um, usage, I was still valuable because we all want to know that there's um, contribution. If, if, we're not, if we're not honored in that way, uh, that depletes our, our motivation, our buy-in, our, our um, enthusiasm and in, in our, our want to be a participant. So there's something about also how one is in authority. So not being authoritarian, 
but yes, taking being authoritative, you know, there's a difference. So to be able to continue to collaborate, but to be relied on to uh, make the hard decisions is critical as well. And that's, that's kind of what happens in the inner uh, or organic system of an individual is that we are forced to make the hard decisions for ourselves. Well, I'm hitting a lot of different points, but to get to a space where we feel and are empowering ourselves and others is, is a volatile situation if we're not clear on what's ours and what's, what's not ours. Uh, there, there was something else I was thinking about, but first, first and foremost is considering a safe environment, right? Like, what does that mean for us? So what are our needs? And not only advocating for them, but um, understanding that that is a priority and it's okay. It's not selfish. It's, it's preservation. And from there, then we can start moving into to the next level of Maslow's hierarchy, essentially, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oftentimes when we're in that space and, and you talk about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, survival is, is primary, making sure that you're safe, right? So if you're in a toxic work environment and you're having that physiological stress response, that fight, flight, or freeze. Being aware and knowing that, okay, I'm, I'm in this stress response and it's because my, maybe my supervisor or someone in the organization is flipping out over a deadline or a mistake that was made. Maybe, you know, you, you make a mistake and they call you out and embarrass you in front of everybody um, that is a real response. So your body, you know, it really doesn't know the difference between a tiger in the room who's about to attack you or an oncoming bus that's coming down the street about, you know, and you're, you're in its path and this moment that you're having with your boss in the office, it doesn't know the difference. So the reaction in your body is the same. If you're aware of it happening, you can take steps to help to um, minimize the impact. Doesn't mean you can stop it um, immediately. It may take a minute for uh, your body to be able to calm down. And part of that is if you're in that situation, you may not be saying anything, right? But you can still breathe. So deep breathing. Um, I think in a lot of situations like that, people hold their breath because it feels like, okay, I'm, I'm waiting for the impact. Yeah. That's very common and unknowingly. So, so just often I've, I've asked people, um, note, note your breathing now, and then it, they can shit, um, take command of, of, of managing that immediately. There's so back to, kind of coming coming back to the motivation piece about this conversation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
there's a component depending on on nature, but many many clients we work with are overachievers in in a way, and and they are very hard on themselves. There's a perfectionism to their style that might not be serving them at their at their best, and um, so at those points when there's a lot of I gotta's and I should's and this has to look this way and it's absolutely necessary, I would I would challenge that kind of personality at, in this state of being to uh, ask the hard questions again, right? Mm-hmm. Can this be done differently? How can we reframe this? Um, it is uh, good enough um, not a villain in this in this particular circumstance, uh, and can I uh, incorporate a shape shifting of the conceptual um, way I'm doing it to get results that will meet this deadline and or this obligation and that I have committed to in a way that it's the best I could do with what I've got and still serves. So that's, that's one reframe that, that might happen for that, that type of personality in a, in a circumstance that is temporary, hopefully. And if it's not temporary, then there's, there's a really hard conversation that has to be had about that you had mentioned earlier about actually, um, coming to terms with knowing that you're not in the right place and there there needs to be a search for an, another another job, another place, another way, and that uh, you are engaged in making that happen while still being practical to the circumstances you're within, but shape-shifting that so that you find that motivation in small, doable ways that impact your daily routine. So. Um, I think we, we're kind of emphasizing in one, one circumstance to make sure that there's something in your daily routine that you can rely on that you changed in one doable, small way that moves you forward towards that next step. And it, it does not have to be physical, tangible, uh, seeable from the outside world. It's much more an inside job. There's another uh, natural uh, type that I've worked with that are are much more um, revived in the quiet and vilified for doing it. So many of the HSPs are highly sensitive people that I work with are uh, re-energized from a walk on the beach or a time out in nature or what what somebody called the other day, full nothingness. And honestly, uh, quite a bit of, of creativity is done in the calm before the, the action. The be, so it happens before you visually see it. And that downtime, as you mentioned early on, can be vilified because the outside world isn't seeing you as being productive, whereas you might be more productive for having that nap in the middle of, of the day 
And as a matter of fact, it's scientifically proved that that actually enhances vitality and then allows you to uh, be more available to, to whatever's at hand throughout the day. So honoring what might be considered lazy yet have that honest self-talk. If it's lazy, it's lazy. But more, more often than not, it's, it's your body asking you to support it, you to support the whole mechanism and organism that allows you to do what you think you should be doing, but not without um, plugging in and, and, and filling up your battery source and charging that battery, right? Yeah, that procrastination is very common, I think, in perfectionists. I say this as a recovering perfectionist. So procrastination is often a way, um, it's a way sometimes of distracting, but sometimes it's actually a way of thinking through or processing in the, in the back of your brain how best to approach a particular situation or project. So making sure that you, sometimes you just need to give yourself a little time to procrastinate or a little time to, to dream. Um, a, a, a walk around the block can be very helpful as well. And so if you're stuck on something or if your energy is low, instead of jumping into and attempting, like trying to push uh, work, sometimes you can do that. And sometimes that's the thing to do. But if you're finding yourself very depleted, it's like, okay, yeah, do you need a nap? Do you, do you need a little bit of, you know, just 15, 20 minutes, like a power nap? Or maybe you need something to eat or to connect with a friend or a loved one for a short phone call something to recharge your batteries in a way that's going to be helpful. And so that, you know, if we're looking at like working on fumes, that gas tank metaphor, how do you put more gas in your tank? And sometimes it is stepping away from the project that you're working on to realign and recharge. And that's essential. So better and better done than perfect. Right. So that idea of if you're struggling with something, just get it done. And this is something that, you know, again, I'm a coach and I am someone who has had a hard time with this myself, which is better done than perfect. So it's a continual practice of that. How do I let that go and just let it be done, even though I want it to be perfect? Yeah, we sh we've shared support with each other on that and, and helped ourselves come from that paralysis by analysis to allow ourselves what's the next step, what let's, and even though our, we have the capacity to see all the ways it can go wrong or also go right and be better, uh, we, or at least I have learned to to take action. In fact, it's one of my mantras because I, I can get stuck there, not so much lately, but much more in, in my past. There's this, that, that um, desire to 
calculate the risk reward, the amount of effort for return, the uh, streamlining of what I know and, and can possibly foresee and incorporate all that. And, and frankly, it, it used to come more easily to me than it does now. And in some ways it can be exhausting and it, in some ways it can serve, but I've found that ultimately it, it served me better to know that I had the capacity to that, but to just to be okay with taking that step and uh, being comfortable with things turning out. So my honest conversation with myself was recognizing my highly sensitive sensitivity and my discomfort that might have even felt like shame and or guilt for um, the results of something not turning out in a way that I, I could foresee it seeing, seemingly being better. Yet my perspective was, uh, was I've learned to understand, as you say, yeah, this it's, it's better for the whole picture that at least this has gotten to a point that we can now incorporate what needs to be done in the next, in the next step. Well, when we're so, talking, oh, go ahead. go ahead. No, I just wanted to say that, that you mentioned procrastination. There's this, yeah. this term that came out this, this week in, in my um, arena that was repeated a couple times of productive procrastination. So there's so many ways of of utilizing that time so whether it's it's actually a nap or that walk or or um knitting or doing something that creates something it whether it's productive or not the commonality of that time and space is that you're allowing a reset and that supports the big picture absolutely yeah, and and you know when we're talking about perfection uh, and procrastination uh, <laughs> combined with perfection, the, the thought um, that I've had and and I've recommended to others is you know when you if you imagine yourself at say 75, 80 years old, and you're looking back on the scope of your life, what are the things that you're taking with you? What are, you know, where's the gold? The gold is in memories with family and friends. And there are accomplishments, I'm sure, that are a part of that experience for everyone. When you're looking at uh, a workspace or a project that you're working on in the grand scheme of things, is that particular project being perfect going to make it into that vision when you're 75 or 80 years old? Is that part of something that's really going to be meaningful and memorable to you? And it's not to say that you're going to avoid the project or not complete it, but sometimes better done than perfect is a way to make sure it is completed and you are in integrity with the work that you're meant to be doing in that space while you're figuring out what your next step is. 
That's beautiful. Right. As, as it, so it's a little bit of bouncing back and forth from the big picture to the immediate um, fine nuances of the, of the daily uh, existence. Another, another way um, that goes kind of hand in hand with that, that which you offered our, our listeners to, to contemplate is often heard as when you die you know what what is the legacy you're leaving behind and or what what would you like people to say and remember about you and it's it's really the feelings that you left them with right Mm -hmm. and even more importantly that ties I think a little bit closer to this topic of maintaining motivation and gaining clarity in one's big picture in order to support that that day-to-day uh, motivation is considering, especially if it's a job, um, writing yourself a retirement letter that you're proud of. And through that, drawing out how you left people feeling, what, what you've accomplished and feel proud about. And um, so in, in many ways, and, and you can divide it up into, you can, it doesn't have to be that, that much of a milestone, but you can find kind of ear markers or, or markers in your future that you're looking forward to and create greater clarity by putting yourself in that, that time and space and visualize what it looks like. How does it feel? What does it smell like? who who's there with you um so these practices can be helpful as i was saying because who are you right that's that's a big Mm -hmm. big deal and and how do you define yourself and what does it come down to and 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 often you you hear that it has a lot to do with what was important to an individual which we we talk about values and being in integrity one's behavior and actions being an integrity to that those values that creates that uh self of in uh inner pride um and and empowered uh sense of being and that sense of um peace really and and joy perhaps and contentment so with that framework it's so much easier to find meaning in the what what otherwise feels meaningless at 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 those low points yeah and that is the engine that helps create that sustainable motivation so if we were to look at just, you know, practical tools. If somebody's in the moment and having one of those low points, what would you recommend to them? Yeah, good question. First of all, assessing, um, well, asking for support, right? Not, not doing it alone, which might mean having difficult conversations, communicating, uh, resetting boundaries if need be, um, 
So that would be clarifying parameters. Um, really shifting energy, ask, asking, asking oneself if they're feeling vic at, uh, victimized or um, at the effect of their circumstances. And then to actually um, have the inner conversation about all the choices that have been made because that's where a lot of juicy stuff comes out of. Uh, really owning the choices that somebody's made and therefore finding out a little greater clarity about the value set and, and the desires and the wants and the needs. And, and then go forward with those in the future choices that you will be having. Um, reframing, reshaping the circumstances, those kind of blend in together. Uh, in making, making transitions uh, a possibility for yourself, if need be, right? Just um, finding those small, finding the smallest, the smallest changes that you can make that, that is moving in the right direction and honoring that as being engaged. Uh, and ultimately, we, we haven't really talked about this other than that little video that I mentioned at the rest stop and getting back on the road, but faith, mm -hmm. something that's more than ourselves. If, we, if, we're doing, if we're doing the work and if we're being present, fully present to the moment, available to self and therefore others, um, it may not look like we want yet. It may never look like what we want, but as we gain the clarity and make the choices toward that integrity to values, it likely will look more than we could have ever imagined like. Yeah. And that's my belief in, in the more than the God um, leanness of, of, of life and universe. How about you? How would you um, kind of sum up this conversation about uh, motivation and, and finding, maintaining it and sustaining it? Yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's parsing out whether you're feeling overwhelmed by the work that you're being tasked with. So if you're finding that that's the case, then absolutely, I agree with you. It's like, make sure that you communicate with the folks in your, in your environment, your work environment to let them know like, Hey, I, you know, this deadline, it, it doesn't feel like we can meet this deadline in the time needed. Um, or, you know, could we, could we extend that? Or maybe, you know, if that, if this is the deadline and nothing can be done about that, is there someone who can help with this work? Can we work together on this? So asking for help, I think is important. If you find that the work is just overwhelming, if you're finding yourself on the other hand, in a situation where motivation or lack of motivation is coming from a space of this is not the place for me anymore. I, I don't feel engaged in this work anymore. It doesn't mean much to me. 
then really there the tools, um, some of the tools that we've already mentioned, like the mindful pause and coming back to what strengths do I have that I can bring to this project in order to complete it can be helpful. Um, actually putting on some really happy dancey music and, you know, music that makes you happy and gets you moving, give yourself a dance break and sing it out loud. It, you know, just putting yourself, you know, embodying that music and um, giving voice to it for a few minutes can really help to I think re-energize you and then putting yourself back in the seat and saying, okay, now we're going to do this, right? So, so playing with that energy and really helping to, to shift your energy into high gear um, in, in your body can really help to, to shift things um, in your mind and your heart. And absolutely faith, I think is a big part of that as well, um, as well as rest. So if you're finding yourself burned out or feeling like, whoa, I need a break. If you can't, if you're in the middle of a project and you can't take a day off, make sure you give yourself mini breaks during the day, 15 minutes, half an hour. If you have time for an hour long break, take it so that you, you make sure that you're, you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Make sure that you give yourself the time to um, move through it with that ebb and flow rather than trying to push through and push through and push through. And if you're really finding yourself depleted and you can take time off, like if you have a vacation that you can set, if you, even if it's a staycation, if your company offers you vacation time, take it. That's why it's built in to a lot of companies' benefits packages because people need the time off in order to reset and then come back to the job refreshed. So I recommend taking that time off. But then, you know, at the, the final piece is definitely faith. Knowing that you're in that space, you've made the choice to be there, and there's something that you can take away from this experience that's going to help, help you with whatever comes next, wherever you may land next, whatever choices you're making next. So um, tapping back into that faith is really important. Wonderful. If you find value in our conversation today, please subscribe to wherever you listen to your podcasts and write us a review. And check out our website at www.schoolofwho.com for more information on our coaching and the courses we offer. Thanks for listening.